Welcome to the Curiously Wise podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Wittig. This podcast is all about women supporting women, mind, body, and spirit. It's a place where we will honor, celebrate, and share women's natural and experiential wisdom through curiosity-provoking conversations, shared stories, and tips we've all gathered along this journey. I invite you to join in the fun as we uncover the unique wisdom we each carry within us. Ready? Let's get curious. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Curiously Wise podcast. I'm so happy to have Holly Warnick here with me today. We have recently become acquaintances, and I think we're becoming friends pretty quickly. And I'm really excited to just have a wonderful, fun chat with Holly. And I'm going to just ask, if you would, Holly, to introduce yourself to our listeners. I am Holly Warnick, and I am a mother of four. I am a behavioral kinesiologist, Reiki master. I work with energy. I love doing healing processes with people, breaking through, transforming with them. And I am also an author, a very recent thing, and also recently a podcast host. So just branching out. I do artwork. I am in the process of creating oracle cards as well. I've got journals out there and some online coursework. I just love spirituality and I love working with spirituality in that realm in a playful way. So there's a little short intro of me. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. You've got so many beautiful projects that are birthing right now. And it's amazing to me because I just love the, the energy of your work. I think the first time we talked was just before your journal got released in January and you're coming out with another journal and got the Oracle cards working. And so Creativity is something I love to talk about. And I know that you work closely with spirit, with your guides, with the energy in receiving your creative work. So could you just talk about that process a little bit? So creativity, for me that I get little hits and inspirations throughout the day, little ideas come in. And it's not to say that's every time, but when I get into that flow state, there's a lot of ideas that come through that want to be birthed through me. And this year has been really big of like finally letting those through. There's been enough personal work or things that I let go of that it, it can just come through. So I like to get into a flow state for that to show up. So how I do that is follow those little hits and inspiration. So whether for me, that's a lot of like dancing, letting that through with some good beats and, and movement and rhythm. And that's also me, frankly, like listening to my crystals, listening to my plants, my plants have told me their names. And, you know, part of me is like, wow, what a crazy person I am. But when I allow myself to kind of go with that, that can be part of the creative process. Like, well, that plant wants to go by Bonnie, not Bonnie and Clyde, but Bonnie, which is totally the name of one of my plants. But when I allow those like seemingly silly things to show up in my life, that for some reason, adds to my creative process. So I live in the desert and I do a walk every morning and it ends up being a walking meditation because I end up meeting my spirit guides. I end up hearing things in my mind from rocks, which again, maybe I sound crazy, but this is part of spiritual play. We are kindred spirits. (laughs) Okay. I'm just like, the rocks be telling me stuff. And I'm like, warn the snakes, I'm coming. Because again, I live in the desert. There's diamondbacks and that kind of stuff. And sometimes I worry on the trails. So I was like, well, if I can hear the rocks, I'll just tell them to warn the snakes I'm coming so I don't have to run into those snakes. I don't want to get bit. So 
Playing in those kinds of uh, fields has really pumped up my spirituality, my creativity and other areas. So those are some fun, silly things I do to get into flow state dancing, allowing things to come in. And sometimes when I'm on my walk, it'll be different kind of spirit guides. And sometimes it's people I know who are alive that show up and I try to have a conversation if that's possible. And I'm really thoughtful and careful about what kind of thoughts and spirits I'm entertaining. Mm -hmm. So it may not sound like that because apparently I'm talking to my plants, right? But I do choose what I feel like is I vibe. And I do have a process where if I feel that that's not a spirit I want hanging around, I have a process of, okay, that you need to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I try to keep it light and playful and and that brings in some of my creativity. And another thing with the creativity is really just getting in front of your medium. So whether that's the computer for writing and typing or that's the um, paints or, you know, color markers. I have four little kids and I get in front of paper a lot Uh and I get the scraps of their papers and I can rearrange those. So here's for something playful for people. I had a setup of all these papers my kids had used, and I'm doing air quotes because they'll scribble a little in a little corner and then that paper's done. They don't want to use it. <laughs> Mom, give me a clean piece of paper. So I end up with all these scratch papers seemingly, but it's fun. One time I just was ripping one up and it just stacked up into some fun little rainbow thing and I re-glued it onto some paper and I thought well, that's pretty and nice and just kind of thanked that piece of art and let it go in the recycle bin. But I had some fun with it. So not being attached to what we create either or not having to have it come in certain parameters. So that's part of how I stay in flow and be creative and just let things come out. So I just got goosebumps, which is spirit talking to me when you talked about not having it come in particular parameters not hemming it in. And I think that's something that I know I forget. It's like you get focused on getting something done the way it's supposed to get done instead of letting it be messy and see what what happens. So I really love that aspect. I also really love that you get your body involved because that's something that, again, I forget to do. I can sit at the desk most of the day on the computer or doing this kind of work or whatever. And I just, I forget to get up and move. And dancing is one of the ways I do that, but I tend to do that when the house is empty and my husband works from home part-time too. So it's not empty very often. (laughs) Girl, you got to get your Um, dance on, huh? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I have a group of friends that we usually have dinner with on Fridays and we used to have dance parties pretty regularly and we're all in our 50s and 60s. And it was always, of course, just the women dancing, guys standing around drinking their beers. Right, (laughs) right. Come on, guys. I I don't get that. But that's one of the things I really missed about the pandemic was that Mm. that group dancing it's a very I guess ceremonial it's a bonding that doesn't happen in other ways and women are particularly drawn to those sort of community bonding things I think I know I certainly am I love that community of women it's different than the community of women and men Mm -hmm. and and it's a way that we don't often gift ourselves with so that body movement is a way that I I think I, I use that pretty often. I'll walk with somebody or, you know, we'll, we'll go on a hike together or something. But I love that you just bring it in every day. You take a walk every morning and, you know, that that's, yeah, lovely. I live in Virginia. The weather is mostly dreadful. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's either hot and humid or cold and rainy. Or, so yeah. I try to take advantage of those days where it is nice. But so I love that. You talk about what's the phrase you use with kinesiology? Behavioral kinesiology. Yeah. Tell me what that is. Cause I don't, I'm very curious. I don't know what that means. 
All right. Yeah, this is actually my favorite topic. I've been working with this modality for over 20 years. So there was one point in my life where I said, I need to do some personal work. I'm struggling. And I jumped into this modality. I love it. So behavioral kinesiology is part behavioral health, part applied kinesiology which is muscle testing, and then another part, spirituality or your belief system. And so those three components comprise this healing facilitation. So I bring in behavioral health concepts. So that's kind of, you know, maybe childhood development just depends on what the client needs, Mm -hmm. but, you know, just those aspects of learning cognitive therapy. I'm not at all a therapist in that way, but these are concepts that are universal. So I like to bring those in. And then the applied kinesiology, that muscle testing helps people bypass their ego. So I often do it partnered in person. Mm-hmm. And if I'm on a Zoom call, which is very often since the pandemic, yeah. I'm muscle testing over here. And that's a tap into the energy. Instead of, you know, me speaking a lot of words about what's going on. Oh, well, he did this. She said mm-hmm. that. I went this way and it was their fault, blame, and all these judgments coming out of my mouth. This applied kinesiology muscle testing taps into, bypasses all of that and gets to the core of it. Taps into your heart instead of the chatter and gets down to the bottom of the situation, has access. It's because your heart has access to all your other systems that are of your body. I've worked with people in this capacity with behavioral kinesiology that are experiencing arthritis. I had a guy who was afraid to fly on planes and we worked through his fear of planes because he had got a new job. He needed to be on planes. And he Mm -hmm. says, I don't know how I'm going to work out this new job and um, work through that with this applied kinesiology. And, you know, there's other stories But I also like to bring people's belief into it because as soon as we get down to maybe a core issue, so maybe I have a a fear of wearing pink pants. I just can't do it. Every time I wear them, I feel (laughs) inferior. Everyone's better than me. And it all turns out it was one comment that my sister, suppose that this isn't real. Supposedly my sister made, you look fat in those pink pants or something. Now I'll just never wear them. And when we get down to that, we can release that off. And, And I'm being kind of flippant with that example, but there are really deep trauma wounds that we can get to without having to relive or re-experience them or totally divulge every detail. We name it and then we can uproot it. This work is like pulling weeds out of a garden. We only pull out the things you don't want and we like to get the root at like by the handle so you can get almost all the root, right? (laughs) So the more we name it, the better handle we get on it. And when we pull that out, we replace it or let it fill in with that person's belief system, all of their, the light and truth things, the love and peace things that they believe in, or whatever inspires them, whatever touch moves and inspires them, replace it with that. So there's an uprooting and then there's, it's like gardening, yeah, yeah. <laughs> spiritual yeah. gardening. I metaphor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, helping people release old programming is kind of that in a nutshell. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh yeah, okay. totally. I, I don't, use muscle testing. I've been trained to do a little bit of it, but I feel energy with the palms of my hands. So when I'm working with somebody, whether they're here in my office or by Zoom, which is like you said, pretty much all I do these days, I call it revealing, like revealing what the root cause is. And then, and like you said, you name it, you can see it, you can feel it, you can not feel it so much. Actually, I like to not have to have to right. No reliving. Right. Yeah. But what I tell them is you get to release the pain, but keep the wisdom. Yes. That's sort of the way I do what you're talking about. I love how we all have our own way of doing the work of releasing paint, basically, and helping people plant something better. 
yeah, get out of suffering and into yes. creativity mode yeah. or just, yeah. 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 Cause and, I mean, a lot of it is how do you want to create your life? It's interesting. I love how all this stuff comes together and everybody has right? sort of their own way of doing it, but it's, it's at its root. It's helping people feel better mm-hmm. so they can live a better, more joyful life. And so I love talking to people about the healing work. Tell us about your journal. Cause I know you've published one and you've got mm. a dream journal. You said that's coming out. It's in the editorial process right now, right? Yeah. It's all yeah. written. It's been written for a while and I did drawings in there. So that, that was super fun for me. <laughs> and yeah. I, I love bringing that to people. So what I did release in January at the end of January is the Hollywood journal. I've done this fun little playful thing where I've kind of branded Hollywood. So my name is spelt with an IE instead of a Y. And then wood is like, I would do that, you know, W-O-U-L-D. So Hollywood. And I've got some funny little YouTubes about that. I've got my podcast, Hollywood podcast, but yes, I created this journal. After I created the podcast, spirit came in and said, okay, well, you need to write a journal. I'm like, well, what, what do I call it? And then it tied somehow perfectly in with Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And it's these, it gets you to do some silly things, some playful things that maybe you wouldn't expect out of a journal that maybe you wouldn't do normally. This journal is to prompt you. It, it, that's what it is. It's journal prompts that get you kind of thinking outside of the box, get you interacting with yourself. And in some cases, the outside world in ways that maybe you don't usually. It's to help people go deeper with their journaling or to get started. It's mm-hmm. not like super daunting, like, okay, right away, we're going to jump into your childhood trauma. <laughs> no, no, no. It's questions like, what was your favorite holiday season and what traditions did you have? So there's, you know, that's kind of a light, playful, but there Mm -hmm. are some in there like, who and what is God to you? Is that your higher self? Is that, is that an outside of you deity? And what's your relationship to them? And kind of in gentle ways that sneak around this conscious, have to do it right, Mm -hmm. maybe left brain thinking and get you to be using your right brain, being playful. There's even a finish your own recipe in there. There's a create your own mantra. And I actually have drawings in there too, for people to participate with, finish the drawing, color the drawing, tell us how you feel about the drawing. So I just, I want people to get in tune with themselves because there's a lot of healing inside. When I'm in a session, I'm not doing the healing, right? Right. The person is doing their healing. I facilitate that work. I just kind of bring in the tools. And so that's what this journal is on some level, like a copy of me so that people can work with me in healing and I'm not there. They work in a capacity that's comfortable for them. There's a few places to draw. It is mostly a writing journal mm-hmm. and a little bit of good for you stuff in the beginning and a little pat on the back at the end. And it, it was really fun to write. It's got my rainbow drawing on the front. I just, yeah. I want to bring light to the world. And this was another way to do that. So just, yeah, go grab it if you're interested. I try to get my clients to journal and most of them won't. So mm-hmm. I may, I may like go, here's a playful journal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've had people open it and say, oh, I thought this was going to be hard, yeah. but I don't have to go in any particular order. It's not like, mm-hmm. you know, there's no set time limit. I tried to make as little rules around it as possible. Yeah. When I was a kid, we would get these diaries that had the little locks on them mm-hmm. and they had the dates or you had to write it and you know, you're supposed to write it every day. And it was like, it lasted about two days. And then it was like yeah, too many <laughs> rules, right? Chuck that. Yeah. I love journaling. I'm, I'm sure because you're doing a journal that you are a journaler. Mm-hmm. Avid, avid. Yeah. 
Yeah. I started doing it in high school and as part of a theater class, we had to keep a journal. And I kept doing it all the way through my early 20s, which was sort of a very tumultuous time in my life. It is for most people, but I, I also had family stuff going on that I had to deal with. Yeah. But I found it to be a wonderful way to understand what I was feeling, what I was thinking, because I would get so lost in the emotions and frankly, the hormones when you're, you know, when you're in that age, you don't know <laughs> what's you, what's not you and everything, right? seems, you know, like it's coming at you. Super um, real. Yeah. It's intense. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it doesn't matter. <laughs> I used to write long letters to my parents that I never actually let them have. I just needed to get it out. And I found it very therapeutic, but mm -hmm. I also found it illuminating for me because and to this day, I often don't know what I'm thinking or feeling until I see it on the page wow. because yeah. I just allow whatever to come out comes out. That's why I try to get my clients to use it because I think yes. we often don't really know what's going on inside. Mm -hmm. And as healers, we start to tune into that. And it's part of the healing process for sure. And I think all healers have had to go through the healing process. Right. Um, if you haven't, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know how you do that. For me, it's it's always been a really good healing tool. And I love that you bring the playfulness to it. Because like I said, I tend to be pretty serious. And I try, actually, I don't think I am as much, but I've been pretty serious my whole life, trying to be the good girl and good mom, do all, everything right. right. And I, I'm no, now you. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what's good anymore? <laughs> like throw that label out. I'm going to just have fun. So when did you come to journaling? So at age eight, I was gifted a journal from my grandparents on that birthday, which is how I grew up. It was a pivotal birthday. I got baptized. I was a full member of my church. So it was a, a big deal. And I got this journal and I it didn't have a lock. And I really wanted one with a lock when I was a kid. I wanted it to feel like it's secure. Why didn't I get one with the locks? You know, those like fake keys that are just yes, right. key to everything, spider keys. <laughs> so my mom created like a Velcro that went around it. Oh, I could Velcro it, open it shut. I mean, you could take the whole thing off. Obviously, anybody could get in there. But right. luckily, I was the youngest sister. So, I mean, I don't think my older sister was interested in getting into my journal. But I have been journaling ever since. And it's funny, I actually read out of my journal on my podcast. My first inspiration, I sat down for the first podcast episode and said like, okay, God, what am I supposed to do here? And it was like, read out of your journal. I'm like, okay, I'll do that. All right. And... <laughs> Thus I did. And what it ends up being is an inspiration for people to see what they can write in their journal and see like, oh, that's the awkward things that you can get out. Or, you know, and I don't know how else it's inspiring people, but if you're wondering what goes in a journal, that's on my podcast. Good. But journaling has been that process of figuring out how I feel, getting it out of me. To me, journaling is a lot of, it's up in your head, it's spinning around. You can think about it all night on your way to sleep and it'll pop right back up in the morning. Sometimes if you get it out of the mind and put it onto a piece of paper, you've brought it from one realm to another realm. And you could do a little more. You have a little more power once it's physical. I'm a bit advocate of burning after some journaling. You know, if you have yeah. something really ugly that you're really, oh, I don't want anyone to see that, go ahead and burn it. If some really intense feelings, I processed a lot of anger through writing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, in fact, can we share like a really fun exercise for people right now? Yeah, please, okay. please. So whatever emotion's really hard for you. So maybe it's, I don't want to deal with my sadness or my, for me, it was anger often. Like it's not okay to be angry. Right. And so I would write that down. 
here's how I feel. Here's who I'm angry at. Here's the words I want to say to them. And gosh, then you can start judging sometimes when you see that on paper, like, oh, look how I scribbled. Look how intensely I drew and the words I was using. Ah. So what you want to do after you get it all out of your body onto the paper is you take it to a place where no one can hear you because you're going to read it out loud. And when you read it out loud, that's another transference of energy, another way to bring it into this realm. You speak it with all the emotion. Oh yeah. Read it out loud. Make sure no one's around. You don't want to like pass that energy onto them. And with all the emotion you can, and then after that, you burn it and you put it in the fire wherever you get to burn it safely. (laughs) And you watch the entire thing burn. You watch it totally transmute from one physicality to another. You change status, right? It's burning into little pieces. There's smoke coming off. You have taken it from your brain, put it on a paper, spoken it aloud, and now it's burned into some other form. You know, thank you, earth. Please do something better with that, right? Very therapeutic experience. So I recommend that. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. I think I've done all but the reading it out loud because I never want to like hear that stuff. (laughs) I, I love journaling because it actually creates perspective just the physical act of getting it on a piece of paper, you can hold it up like this and go, you know, okay, now I could see it. And I could put it on a sling. And I can tug it forever or I can burn it up. (laughs) I can burn it up. Yeah. Yeah. I have done the burning part of it for sure. And and that's just a little piece that I had to that, just to add to Mm -hmm. your wonderful ceremony there, is I asked the earth to transmute it into love and send it back to whoever I was angry at or sad about. Or if I don't want to send it, back to if it's not a particular person it's something just bigger then just send it to whoever needs it and so that's for me that's always sort of like forgiving myself for feeling that way and offering it as a gift so yeah so just tack it on offer it as a gift yes please like repurpose that energy when we give things that's another part of the creativity i do is like we repurpose things so okay you had this way that you were that helped you survive all these years and that part doesn't know how to function anymore. Let's give that part a new job. Instead of looking for ways people are out to get me, let's look for ways that people are out to help me, you know, and just repurposing energy. I love that. Thank you for bringing that piece back in. (laughs) It's a collaboration. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) There's two other things I want to talk about. One, I heard on your podcast with Kira Polson, who is our common connection, you talking about Oracle cards. I have a collection of Oracle cards that I love. And I, like I was telling you before we started that I have to like say, mm, those are wonderful, but I don't need them. Stay <laughs> on the shelf, little cards. Like, what am I going to do with that? You know, the 12th deck of Oracle cards that I <laughs> I have gotten where I, I give away the ones that I don't work with very much. I'll, I'll offer them as a gift to somebody, which you <laughs> at least beautiful. hang it for a little bit. But tell us about like, what's the theme of your of your oracle cards and, and how is the process of creating those? Because I'm just fascinated by that too. It started last year. So in 2021, it was finally okay for me to buy oracle cards. I was listening to a podcast and a woman was talking about maybe the dog star and the, the Jekyll from Egyptian history. And I, for some reason, was inspired, okay, I'm going to buy these cards. So I bought them. Those came in. I thought, wow, this is beautiful. Kind of started that process. And then I was 
at a TJ Maxx because I like shopping there. I'm a mom. I don't know. <laughs> never know what you're going to find. No. And guess what I found? Another set of cards. I never expected this. I, I think it's sort of a tarot deck, but it was also like a playing card deck because mm. I grew up, it wasn't safe to do any cards. So yeah. you don't do oracle cards. You don't do tarot cards. And, and that would be like of the devil or something. Mm-hmm. And turns out everyone, news alert, it is not. <laughs> you bring, Whatever you bring to the cards, that's what you get out of the cards yes. on some level, you know? Yes. So these cards shows up. I thought, oh, I'll get these for my sister. They're Jane Austen themed. She'll she'll think they're fun. And and I'm like, also, why would she want a tarot deck? She's not into that, you know, and I can't make Mm -hmm. judgments for other people, but I brought them home and I thought, I realized rather is that they were also for me. I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, okay. I guess I'm starting a collection. And after using those, not very much, I realized, oh, I'm creating an Oracle deck. I think that's why I bought those. And this is what's happening. So the process has been very fun. It started with the drawings of the cards coming through. So I also, that's another medium I use. It's not just, I like to write. It's, I like to paint and draw specifically. So these essentially spirits would come through and they had these clever names and then I got to draw them. So I am not super rigid when it comes to creativity. So sometimes their picture would come through. I would see how they looked. Uh, The first one of them that came through was this kind of water looking sprite spirit with swirls of, I don't know, energy around them, colors, and a little less solid of a human form. So I drew that on a piece of paper and drew this one and that one. And just, they're really inclusive spirits. I don't know, they come through in a really diverse ways. They don't Mm -hmm. have to follow certain rules, which is again, really fun. So pictures would come through of them and I'd get those onto paper. I have a special book where they all are hanging out right now and they're hanging out in the spirit realm too. I was kind of like, oh, come in, come in here. (laughs) Like grab them out of the air. Then there's also, I realized that there was kind of a process that would uh, come after the card. So, you know, you could pull a card and then you go to this book where all the information is. And that was information about this card and why it popped for the person, why they pulled it, why it showed up, and a descriptor of that spirit that was coming through. And then also a healing process that you could go through. So I wanted that to be available. I'm a healer or that, you know, title healer. I help facilitate healing. Facilitator, yes. yes. (laughs) I'm a facilitator. And I wanted that process to be with each card as well. And it's very natural for it to come through me. And then also at the end of that, a mantra. So kind of the three piece. So some cards have their mantra right away. Some cards have their description right away. Some cards, I'd even finish drawing and they would have, it would just be a descriptor. I had their title and I wrote what they were. And to me, I, I kind of was trying to put in a box and judge how these spirits were coming through and if they were real spirits or if I had created them or if they were a part of me or they were part of the people that are going to pull these cards. And do they match archetypes? And I was trying to put rules and laws around them. But it turns out as I'm writing the beginning of of this Oracle deck book. It's a description of these spirits are you. They always have been. They're aspects of you. They are old and they are new. They're brand new created and you create them as you pull them and they are ancient and have the knowledge that's been around forever. And when you're in that flow state, that kind of information just comes through and it doesn't fit the norm of, well, they came from a certain time or whatever expectation yeah. I set. It's just kind of, there's no rules. Holly, you thought there were rules and there's not. No so. Yeah. Yeah. 
So they come through and different pieces show up at different times. And it's been really fun (laughs) creating those and keeping them in a a little spot. So those are still working their way out. For some reason, all my journals needed to come out before that. And this collaboration book and the podcast had to be started. So they are being (laughs) patient with me and I guess I'm being patient with them. So it's the really fun spirits coming through that. It's an amazing time of birthing new things right now. I'm finding a lot of people that I'm talking with have either like reimagined their businesses or reimagined the way they work with clients or reimagined what their offerings will be. And it's no rules, right? Coming no rules and it's coming rapid fire. Mm-hmm. And it's after this last couple of years of I feel like it was an incubation time. I feel like that's a great descriptor. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, you're just gonna sit here for a while. It's like sitting on eggs. You know? <laughs> that's I didn't realize, but yeah, so true. Yes. <laughs> so I'm fascinated at how really creativity is coming in to all of us. And hopefully everybody's listening or at least acting on it. Mm-hmm. I completely revamped my big program in 30 minutes the other morning. Did not mean ah. to, but I just got inspired. A lot of it was you need to stop being so structured and let it flow the way it needs to flow. (laughs) Here's the beginning. Here's the end. There's, you're going to see them a lot of times in the middle and you know, it's, it's going to be what it needs to be in the moment. It's like, well, I can do that. (laughs) Right. It's not kind of fun too. It's like, well, I don't know what's coming. It's, it's a treat for me and a treat for the person I'm working with. Yeah. I tell my clients often, okay, we've talked about what, you know, what's hurting or what you want to clear. I have no idea what's going to show up until we get you on the table and see what shows up. So that's my favorite way to work anyway. <laughs> so it's like, oh, good. I don't have to be structured and have all this stuff that I've seen other people do with their programs. Formats and yeah, yeah it's got yeah. to, we, ha- we didn't go over this yet. We have to get over that. So right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not. No, I'm not a linear thinker anyway. So trying to do something linear for me which let me tell you, when I was learning how to plot a book, that was the hardest part. <laughs> oh, right. So oh my hard. gosh, I can imagine this. <laughs> it took me years Here's to the master. middle of the ending. And then let me get back to the beginning. And then there's a little bit of the very end. <laughs> but I never wrote the is. first healing chapter not linear. until the second draft because I didn't know that I had skipped over at the beginning. You know, it's Right. Like, yeah. Showed up later. Showed up later. So yeah. That's so beautiful. I, I, lo- I love that. And tell us just a little bit about the collaboration project. I had the opportunity to be a part of a collaboration with the Divine Book. Two parts of it were really what drew me in. I have family members who have struggled with suicidal ideation. I've had my experience with that. And that's a a major passion for me. If you've had that struggle, my heart goes out to you to send you love because that is a, a dark place to be. It can feel very lonesome and hopeless. So this book, the proceeds of this book go to um, the centers of hope where people can go to receive relief from some of these stresses, including suicidal ideation. And so that to me, was a, a passion project. And that way I feel that was a great way for me to help support that going on for people. And, and you know, obviously I do my work as well to help people with it, but the, it's so much broader than one-on-one. That can be its own pandemic in the world of yes. what's going on. So that was one reason I want to be a part of this project. But the other thing is that it's collaboration with divine. And I wanted to get my story out there about how I work with the divine, because when I grew up, it was very structured. God looks a certain way. God speaks a certain way. Uh, you can say certain things to God. You can speak to God at certain times. You can't at other times. And here's God's gender. Here's how God's voice sounds. All these 
rules about how to interact with the divine. And as I grew older, I realized for me, it's not just one person. It's not just one specific gendered person. It's not, they don't only show up after I've prayed appropriately. There's not a, a rigid way that this works. Again, I'm like, just all the rule books are thrown out. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I love um, it. In that book, I get to share the story of how I work the divine and, and ways I tried to work the, with the divine that just kind of was a belly flop, but also a learning experience and a way to, a foundation maybe to build upon, just kind of a, something to step up from. Yeah. And I share that story in there and I get to share it with 17 other authors, 17 other women, in fact, who talk about how they've collaborated with the divine. Some do touch on their, maybe not a brush, but their experiences with uh, suicidal ideation as well. So it's a healing book. And in fact, the cover, it's so beautiful. I'm going to show you now, yeah, but you, it's this it. it's really wonderful pretty. geometric divinely guided design <laughs> that's meant to just look at the, the cover of the book and healing to come through. Yeah. So yeah, a really, I have read the whole book project. and oh, I good. highly good recommend it to it's anybody so who's much. interested. It, it, it does. And I love that it was set up. So if there are these chapters that are a little more triggering, there's a, a little Phoenix symbol next to each one. So if you don't want to be triggered, you just skip to the next one and maybe come back if you're led to. But overall, I find it, well, completely a very uplifting book. And I love how everybody has their own way of interacting with the divine, of collaborating with the divine. And I think, like you said, you were raised, I was raised in church. You know, there was a very specific, very rigid way of, oh, yeah. you know, interpreting God. And, and it was interpreted by men. So it didn't really mm -hmm. ever resonate with me. I left the music and I left the rest of it pretty much. I love that it is an example of lots of different ways that people have interacted with the divine and yours may be completely separate and new and different from those as well. I think we all come at it from our own experience in whatever way works in our best interest. I highly recommend, I give it five stars, 10 oh, stars, whatever. Yes. Really good story. <laughs> and nice. it does support such a good organization. That's, I know it's being birthed. Go buy the book. You will yes, enjoy it and you cause. will do a good deed and, as well. <laughs> yeah, raise your vibes because, yeah, like you said, overall, very uplifting book and yes. kind of scrubs out the corners of your psyche a little with some of the harder stories. It's yes. like, oh, yeah. okay, I have a little bit of that inside too. And, you know, shed a tear and acknowledge some of that. And, well, and you're uplifted by that. And some of them I have not had any brushes with. I have not personally had any suicidal ideation, but my father did. So it gave me some empathy and some insight that I didn't have before. And that's super useful. So I'm, I'm very, again. I'm proud of y'all. You did, you did good. <laughs> uh, yay, yay me, yay all those women who yes. wrote in there. Thank you, thank you. And that's you. another, you know, that's another case of women coming together in community to yeah. collaborate in something that is very ceremonial. I mean, it is this, this sharing of wisdom. It really, yes. at its heart, is this sharing of wisdom oh. gained through experience. I think that's pretty much the best thing that can happen these days. <laughs> that we come together and saying. share that wisdom part of why this is called Curiously Wise, because I get curious and I want your wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was saying that I love the title of this, Curiously Wise. because totally mm, spirit driven, right? <laughs> I was just giving it. I'm like, really? Okay. <laughs> that's what you say. Got it. I'll just follow. <laughs> I'll trust it. 
Yeah. yeah. It's, I, I like it because it doesn't pin me into anything. There's no, you mm-hmm. know, I can do whatever I want with it. <laughs> That's a little bit of the Hollywood too. I was just like, well, yeah. whatever I would do, it's cool. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Just to, to finish up here, because I know that we're getting to the end here. I have some rapid fire questions that I like to ask okay. everybody. Uh-oh. So you don't okay. long about this. Just whatever comes up first. Who is or was the wisest person in your life? Growing up, it was the the mentor that taught me behavioral kinesiology. He re- helped rearrange my view on religion. He helped rearrange my view on God and not to necessarily his own views, although those were shared, but that it was open and it was up to me to find my way to divine and work with divine, whatever felt good with for me, you know, one-on-one with God. It's not going to look like everybody else. And just give providing the tool for me, providing the the healing, because without that, I don't know where I would have been. I would have been lost in some of my other stories and yeah, maybe not doing what I'm doing. So <laughs> lovely. Yeah. What's your favorite self-care practice? Probably dancing, <laughs> but really <laughs> close to being outside. Cause for me, oh yes, I love to be outside. So yes. I'll say those two dancing okay. outside, I guess. <laughs> yeah. You can have more than one. And what lights you up when you're feeling down? I am lucky to be in the presence of four beautiful spirits, the ages of seven, eight, three, and four. So they have that magic of coming over with a hug, coming over with a random, I love you, mom. (laughs) And that will take me out of my pretend drama. Because that's what you realize, where I realize Mm -hmm. is like, oh, you know, that stuff doesn't really matter. Here's somebody who loves me for who I am. I think that that's what inspires me, that I'm lovable no matter the situation. And luckily I have these children that reflect that, you know, my spouse reflects that sometimes. No, (laughs) we try to reflect it to each other, but yeah, that'll bring me out of a a slump quite quickly. Wonderful. And then my last one, your favorite mantra or affirmation. Mm. It's simple. So hum, or just, I am kind of those, you know, and a little bit of let it be just being present. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's kind of different ways to say it a little bit of amen, just like, let it be. So it is so hum. <laughs> so hum. I like that. It's been lovely having this conversation with you. I really enjoyed it. Can you let our listeners know where they can find you online? Quite often on Instagram, it's Holly Warnick on Instagram, but I also have hollywarnick.com where you can find my courses. You can find connections to my books, um, my packages, and also find me on the Hollywood podcast. So guess who's going to be on my show, Lauren? (laughs) (laughs) So you can find us together over there. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever social media suits you. And those will all be in the show notes. So if you don't want to write it down or you don't remember the spelling, it'll all Mm. be available. It's been really fun having this conversation with you today. And I hope we have many, many more ahead of us. And I want to thank our listeners for being here with us, joining us, collaborating with us in in Mm -hmm. creating this beautiful conversation. So from my heart to yours and to my heart to the listeners, I hope that you all find a lot of creativity, playfulness, and joy in your life coming ahead of you and in the now. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for joining us today on Curiously Wise. I hope you found a nugget of wisdom that resonates with you. Perhaps it brings comfort or strength or simply the peace that comes from knowing you aren't alone in your experience. Or perhaps it illuminates the wisdom already within you. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss future fabulous conversations. And if you had any ahas, please share them in a review on iTunes 
so we can continue to pay forward the unique wisdom we all have to bring into the world. If you want to know more about me and what I do as an intuitive energy healer, please head over to my website, www.heartlightjoy.com. I'm Lauren Wittig. Please join me again next week for another episode of Curiously Wise. From my heart to yours, may your life be filled with love, light, joy, and of course, curiosity. Curiosity.